Last time we checked in with Connections TIDC leadership, they shared with us how they were adapting operations to meet the requirements of the pandemic. Today, we're continuing the conversation with Steve and Mark on how they're preparing for the upcoming holiday season and beyond and the changes that we can expect. Steve and Mark, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Penny. How are you? I'm good. I should Penny. say welcome back yeah. to the podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for having us, Rob. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Good. We have our handy, handy dandy producer, Rob McIntosh, who has been joining our conversations around the TIDC and the changes and how we adapt to all of these future requirements. So I'm really excited for to continue this conversation. But before we get going, why don't we just do some brief introductions of you, Steve and Mark, just to reacquaint the audience with who you are. Steve, we'll go ahead and start with you. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Steve Crothers. I'm the vice president of the TIDC, which is our technology integration and distribution center here based out of Wilmington, Ohio. Excellent. Yep. And I am Mark Wolforst the Director of Technical Services Operations and, of the TIDC. Awesome. And, and Rob, and go I, ahead. I get the handy dandy title. <laughs> I get, I'm really excited to have that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm always good for those like uh, those little sayings. I always say uh, I'd be in a real pickle if that happened. And I say things like handy dandy and the bee's knees. The um, <laughs> so, Let's. Last time we checked in with you guys, you uh, really went through the task force that you had put in place to make sure that you were meeting all of the social distancing requirements, getting up to full capacity. So why don't we start there, just sort of checking in with how things are going, maybe any other challenges that came up with that task force before we get into how you're looking ahead to the future. Oh, good, good. So when we spoke, we were still in sort of the heart of this around the planning, execution, still understanding the pandemic, how things were going and how things were moving forward. So we've done a lot since then, and we, we can start talking about that. But really, we've shifted from reacting to the pandemic to really more stabilizing that as part of our day-to-day -day DNA, right? Mm -hmm. So we've built that into our operating plan and platform as sort of a, what we call a 5S. It's part of our lean transformation here at the TIDC. And, and we've taken it a step further. We've said, hey, look, even though COVID may be on the, on the ramp of stabilizing with the vaccine distributed starting to be distributed, we still feel that this is a, a good opportunity to build this into our, our platform for future things that may arise like this and any types of pandemics that might be down the road. But it's a good healthy hygiene and it's a good time to reiterate around the health of our business, right? And that's what we're looking at. So not only has COVID really taken us to an approach of looking at this as a, a way to stay essential, it's also allowed us as a leadership team to say, hey, look, it's very important for us to always be reactive, but it's more important for us to be proactive for the health of our employees. And so we've even taken it 
offsite a few weeks ago and had a strategic offsite three-day session with the leadership team, all the managers and above. Um, we had a really good session. And one of the strategic initiatives for 2021, we're calling TIDC 2.1. Ooh, 2.1. Like that, don't I you? Do. Hey, give me a little, give me a little love on that. Yeah. Right? 2.1. So we've Not actually built in, in jeopardy right now. <laughs> <laughs> so so we've we've added in hot H little O T the health of the TIDC and and COVID-19 is right up there at the top. And and really it's a way for us to continuously looking at ways that we can position our our employees to be in a safe work environment. Excellent. You know, I, and that's something I wanted uh, to kind of get in a little bit when you say, you know, uh, employees feeling safe, that was definitely a a hot top, hot, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) That was definitely a a hot topic when we were, uh, when we came together last time, because you had numbers that were rising. You had people that were afraid to come into the office, not knowing where people had been, what their risk of exposure might be. Has that sort of settled down now or does that look different than it did? Is there new concerns? Uh, share with us from the employee perspective how people feel walking into the door every day. Uh, Mark, why don't you share a little bit? Because you just went through this in your pod department where you really had the first look at at having you know some operational people leave your department and how we had to react to that sort of uptick that we've seen coming out of the holidays. You know, Penny and Group, the you know the all the planning that Stephen indicated before has really helped us survive through this process. So when a case or somebody that was tested positive come into the facility, we had all the requirements. We still did all of our cleaning fogging of the areas. So employees felt really, really safe coming into the environment here. We've done a lot of work to ensure that. We did have some cases where a person in an area would be tested positive, but the good thing is, is that the other employees could work from home, right? So we were able to transfer people to their home environments and allow them to work from there. So I think that goes a long way in saying what we've done, the planning we've done and how we've handled the situation and built that confidence in our people that it's safe here. They know they can come to work. If there is a case, they're notified immediately. And we take care of the situation then. So I think it's gone a a long way, Steve. No, that's a good point. So when I talked a little bit about building these processes and protocols into our DNA, it's really around, if you think about it, when you have a pandemic like this, there's phases of the operating platform that it goes to, right? Just like the states go from yellow, green, purple, and so forth, right? right? There's different levels inside the TIDC. At some point out of the the pandemic before the, the rise after, I'll say after the Halloween break, you know, we were starting to go back to conferences again, still social distancing, but we were allowing people to go back in the conference rooms. I'm we so jealous. People into the, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. And, and what we were trying to do there is because it was, it was in a situation where things were starting to level off a little bit. But then once we had the spike, we were able to dress right back to more of a red standard where we brought everybody back to doing team meetings, you know, WebExes, yep. we shut down conference rooms. But it's important to note because we had that built in, right? That's part of our protocols. So it was easy when we saw the spike in Mark's area, we were able to put those people remote drop out of the the cadence of having meetings, sort of take that, what we take for granted and put everybody back sort of into their their locations, let it settle down a little bit and then bring it back up slowly, right? So um, that's been a big win for us. Back to DEFCON 4. (laughs) 
Yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like that, Rob. Seriously. And, and and why we're not promoting that, because we had these conversations. So we do, Penny, we went from almost meeting every day to we do still do a weekly COVID meeting mm-hmm. with the yep. leadership team. And one of the things out of that was that we've actually designed a checklist. So if you think about it, in a warehouse operation, checklists go with what? Forklifts, right? right? You don't ever put an operator on a forklift unless they go through their forklift checklist, right? Battery, brakes, ignition. Yep hydraulics, whatever it may be, because we want to make sure the operator safe, safe. Well, right. we're doing the same type of pro we're doing the same type, same, same type of protocol with COVID. We're making sure your work area has been sanitized. Your, your social distancing markers are there. Your cleaning tools are there. Just all this stuff that's in this checklist, right? And we're not letting the operators go into their work areas until that's been validated. That does a couple things for us. It allows us to audit our performance and our processes, right? So we make sure that we're still embedding the social distancing and the the adherence to the facial shields. Um, That's critical to keep from contaminating the area or keeping an internal spread from happening. You know, we really embedded that, like I said, part of our DNA of our operating. So I think the the employees have come more comfortable to this. They they know it's not going to go away. I I would I would be hard pressed to say even if the the vaccine helps stabilize this and we start seeing reductions, I don't think we would go right away from mask or social distancing for a little while. Right. I, I really right. don't. I think that's part of how we designed and, and, and we should restructure the TIDC to support that type of working environment. Well, you know, what's really interesting is we had a conversation last week, we did an episode with Vonage and our guest said something very uh, profound, but also kind of obvious where he said, if people are still waiting to go back to the way that they were doing things, they've already missed the boat. The ship has sailed. You're going to go out of business. And what I'm hearing you saying is we, we didn't just build this task force to figure out how we react. Instead, it's part of our integral way of operating that we can scale back or scale up based on what's happening in the climate around us, which is honestly the very definition of business resiliency that you have, the plan that you have built is business resiliency. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great summarization, Penny. That's exactly right. It's awesome. So I want to, I commend you for your work as an employee of Connection. I am so happy to hear what you guys have been doing. You've set everything up so it can be scalable up, down. Now I want to sort of switch gears and talk about from a a customer perspective, a distribution center perspective, we've you've mentioned the holidays. The holidays are coming up. There's I'm an, a massive amount of stress on the distribution channel. I've seen all over my own personal emails and shopping, like buy it now so you we can actually fulfill your order because things are different this year. What does the holidays mean for you guys? Um, Are you entering a busy season? Tell us how you've sort of ramped up operations to be able to fulfill um, under such a high stress, high volume time of year. The one thing that um, we've done and we've done a really good job at is uh, our traffic team has really worked closely with all of our transportation team members, right? So uh, UPS, FedEx, LTL, all those different distribution type logistic places that we've worked really close with them to ensure that we'll have the truck and the capacity to deliver our products to our customers through the end of the year, right? It's going to be very critical. I mean, you know, everybody's saying ship everything by the 14th or right before Christmas, or, you know, now that the vaccine's coming out, UPS is, you know, delivering that out of their world hub in Louisville, right? 
So we've done work closely with all of our transportation team members to ensure that A, we have the facilities and the trucks to actually deliver our to our customers. Internally, we've ramped up the staff. Um, we brought in some more attempts to ensure that we have the capacity and the means to actually handle the orders that are coming into our facility to ensure that we can provision, deliver, pick and ship the products that we need to get out to our customers by the end of this year and going into next year. So we've done a lot of work up front planning for this because we knew it would be hectic, uh, especially if the vaccine was going to come out. That's going to limit transportation even more. So we've done a lot of work in that area. So Steve, you got anything else you kind of want to follow up yeah. with that piece? No, that's a good point. So so usually year in is a really busy time for us, right? I mean, a lot of the Fed side of our business is, is finishing up on their budgets. You know, they're trying to get last minute orders in. Um, what we've seen, as Mark alluded to, everybody's a little bit of the um, scared a little bit about the, what the delivery capacity is going to be with the lift around, you know, 7.5 billion people. It'll be the, the largest logistics move in history to deliver that many vaccines around the world. Right. And that's eight thousand seven forty seven aircraft assets that will have to be deployed ups being the largest one out of those fedex and then dhl as well as the u.s government as well as united states parcel service so right now the the stress on the network and the, and the strain on the lanes and capacities really put a scare in everybody so a lot we're seeing a big increase in demand right now and we're also seeing a lot of our customers saying hey Let's skip the the lab piece of this right now. Let's just get the hardware out to our, our customers, right? Out to the field, out to people's homes. We're seeing a lot of volume flow through the warehouse that is kitted items that are just, you know, a headset, a keyboard, a mouse, a monitor, whatever it may be, just shipping directly to the consumer because they want to get that hardware out to them as fast as possible. Now, obviously, other customers are still relying on the config piece of that, but we're seeing a big shift, in, especially in the retail side of the market, on that. We have such a good rapport with the, with the centralized location of our hub. Um, with TIDC being an hour and a half, uh, about two hours north of the air hub of UPS. Mm, We've actually, because of our capacity, we have a large retail customer on the on the um, um, cell phone side of our business, on the mobile side of our business, has shifted a lot of volume from their current VAR to bring it in-house to us because we have the lift to get that product out to their, their stores. So we're seeing a lot of that um, optimizing our relationships with our carriers to do be the service provider for some of this um, um, hardware and software that we're deploying to to our customer base. So that's a good thing to see. That's good to have that built in. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks, but a lot of volume starting to flow through here. I mean, I, I, we're seeing 33% up in volumes. So it's been a lot. I, I just want to jump in for a second because I think we're heading toward the perfect storm and I'm going to be very curious to see what does happen in the next two weeks. So I understand that we're positioned really well, you know, from everything that you just stated there, which is excellent. But here you, like you mentioned, so you have all these vaccines that are being deployed and not only are they being deployed, but they have to get there rapidly because of this. Uh, what, what, how many degrees <coughs> Celsius is? Negative 93. Yeah, Negative yeah, 93. 93. That's Celsius, right? That's wow. Like, yeah, it's cold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that, so that has to, um, you know, quickly on the other side, they, they got to deploy that very quickly. And then you said something really interesting. You said in order to get shipments by Christmas, they need to be in by December 14th. Is that what yes. you said? Because now I'm panicking because. You're too late, Rob. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. 
And I now think you can I'm, pay extra, of course, if you want to yeah, overnight. You, yeah. <laughs> but you do. So you have so you have the holiday season. Right. You have the the vaccines that are going out, and then, like you said, the federal government. Everybody, it's end of year. And a lot of people, they, they need to get their supplies. They're getting their orders in and they need to get their supplies in by the end of the year. I just can't even imagine the stress that this is putting yeah. on our infrastructure for our, our delivery system. It's yeah. just, oof. <laughs> it is. And, and the holidays have not helped us, right? If you think about it, sitting here today on this conference call, we're 12 days out for year in. We're 12 right. days. Right. Operating days. The holidays are Thursdays and Fridays, right? It's not a weekend, so we don't get the benefit of that. So that hurts us there, hurts the, the delivery services as well, right? And, and what people forget about in the logistics world, if you think about it, the last time the federal government had to do something at this magnitude, it was during wartime, right? It was during times where GPS wasn't there, um, zip code sorting wasn't there, the equipment, the infrastructure. So why they relied so heavily on the, the UPSs, the DHLs, the FedEx, is because they had the zip code address sorting capability. They can get it deployed to the end user, not just loading cargo trucks and driving it and deploying it like they do a first aid positioning after FEMA or something like that. This, this, is, this is strictly designed around using that sort operation to drive it to the zip code, the address for a CVS, a Walgreens, a, a, a healthcare facility, uh, assistant living healthcare that's in a remote, remote area or a rural area, right? They have to rely on that infrastructure that's already embedded to get the logistics there. So that's why people are so scared about the, the strain on the, on the capacity of the network is because they're delivering it to the royal and retail areas, right? There's right. not like they're dumping it off at a stadium and saying, hey, look, come get it, get it. right? <laughs> they're not doing a Kanban activity. They're, right. they're giving it to the end users and that eats up the network. Right. So how, you know, from being in the logistics industry and obviously your, your business, our business doesn't stop because there's a massive dedication of resources to vaccine distribution. What is sort of your plan going into 2021? I mean, I know you said for the holidays, you've really organized carriers to make sure you can make deliveries, but, you know, looking at the next year and beyond, how can you possibly build strategy to sort of compensate for some of those things that are unplannable and make sure that you're keeping your customers happy, you're still able to do the work, still able to provide difficulties with this massive federal initiative going on, sort of hanging over your head. Penny, great question. And this will lead right into letting Mark share what he does best. We need to become more automated. We need to internally drive improvements that streamline our productivity so we're not so heavily reliant on the, the, the labor piece of our business, right? And Mark's already started us down that path of so for, for our strategic positioning. We need to get to more automated processes inside the TIDC. Mark? Yep. Penny, that's what Steve said is correct. You know, the, the next year and beyond is all about automation. How can you streamline how can you take the clicks out of people's hands, which improves quality, improves efficiencies, and improves, improves volume, right? So we have a team dedicated here that's working on automated tools uh, that we will use within the TIDC to provision our customers' equipment. Um, so I have a staff here of developers, and we have two things that are coming out. We're having a Google zero-touch deployment tool that we're working on, and also a tool that we're calling Connect Deploy. Connect Deploy will help the individuals in the lab go from having to hand key, scan, 
type in tons of information when we're doing provisioning is down to a single launch of a QR code. Wow. So envision a 12-step process down to I click a QR code and this process goes out and does all your pre-settings, your imaging, your post settings, does a so quality it's check it's at the end. Macro. Yeah, it's like a macro, but it's it's developed in a, a language that we can actually embed into the Windows processing tool. So, you know, Steve hears it from me every day. Automation is key. We did a test with our Google tool set that we worked on and saw a 330% improvement in processing and provisioning time. Wow. Just Maybe. out of this works, one works. tool set we're working on. So so imagine those those little pieces right yeah. there. Say somebody could do 50 in an hour. Now I'm doing 50 in 15 minutes. Right. All right. So that really helps us streamline this process. So as part of the TIDC and part of our environment here is always looking at the next thing that's coming out. How do we automate that? How do we become more efficient? By becoming more efficient, guess what? We get better quality. Right. Right. So it's it's a... It's a cycle. It goes through the whole process. So we're really excited about that. Uh, Connect Deploy uh, is going to change how we do our business here at the TIDC. It's in its final pilot stages for phase one and phase two. It is something that our competitors don't have in the industry. Um, along with our Apple uh, automation, we are one of the leaders. We just completed a Apple professional services uh, audit, and they have five categories Four out of the five categories, we were best in class. And then the fifth one, we were, you know, standard. You were but in class. <laughs> we were in class, yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, but our automation for Apple is beyond what you can see in the industry right now. I mean, we can really, uh, using our the Apple APU. So automation is, is a big focus for us here at the TIDC. And as Steve said, if I'm getting stuff done quicker and faster, then, then you have more time to plan, rely, and ship. Right. And I was thinking the, the first thing I thought when you started talking about automation is, Steve, when you said customers are coming to you saying, just kit everything I need and ship it for let's bypass configuration. And so now they really in, in a future state don't have to bypass configuration because that's built uh, into an automated process. It, right. it, it can happen faster because ultimately you, you they may have the hardware in hand, but that doesn't make the configuration process any easier for them once it, it arrives. It <laughs> if anything, it probably just makes more headaches. It really goes to that, um, our LIB, right? And complex systems. So like I said, you know, not just looking at a year, but if you're looking at years down the path here, you know, what, what is changing in the industry is complexity, right? Right. And how do you handle complexity? Complexity is automation. It's being able to deliver products to our customers in a fashion that all they have to do is unbox it. Right. You know, it's you know, it's just like the old thing, plug and plug and ready, right? So it's our location in a box is, is key down the future as well. Mark's Mark's exactly right. Let me let me just share with you, Penny. You said something interesting. You said, you know, how do you strategically plan when you have you know the, the world in in the way it is right now, right? And it's it's almost like how can't you, right? Mm -hmm. It's because we we have to be agile and we have to continue to look at how we can exceed our customers' expectations. The Amazon effect is still plagued us even with the the, the pandemic, right? I mean, I've seen it in my wife 
life on our own home shopping for Christmas, right? It's all about next day delivery, right? It's heck. I I think I think she spends more time with the Amazon driver than 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 I see her sometimes. <laughs> but but it's it's because it's it's that customer requirements that are being put on us, and we're feeling it in our network as well. You know, Mark alluded to. Um, I'm not going to say alluded more than 20 times as I did the last podcast. So <laughs> one time. Um, so anyway, anyway, you know, you know, the Chromebooks has been a big procurement oh God, yeah. channel. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we as Connection have ordered about 250,000 of those, right? Mark, with this Google automation that he's doing here, we're working with the Fed side of our business right now. And we think we can probably get up to 30,000 of those out before year end. Wow. That's configured. I mean, that's huge, right? That's I mean, huge. That's a big improvement for that. But so where, where I'm going with this is that from a strategic, if you listen to how these conversations, these podcasts have developed over the last couple of years, you know, we are really positioning ourselves as being a solution leader, just like TSG just like LCS. They are experts in what they do. We are molding ourselves and structuring ourselves to be the leaders in providing our customers solutions when it comes to complex configurations, depot services, you know, direct shipments, whatever it may be. So the TIDC is becoming a holistic piece of strategy around our business portfolio of being a services provider, a solutions provider. Right. We've embedded Mark with R&D developers, people that are forward thinking, think tank individuals, right? Designing for the future. We are looking at our warehouse operations to be more fluid and more um, um, automated around being a kitting, a containerization um, um, byproduct of what our customers are asking us, right? They want the least amount of packages showing up with consolidated freight, less freight spend, more consolidated product. They don't want four different deliveries for having a headset, a boom mic, uh, a monitor and a keyboard. They want it all consolidated, the least shipping model. And they want it within 48 to 72 hours, right? Two to three days. So we are building our structure around that type of customer requirement that they're putting on us. So we've got three key strategies for 2.1 TIDC. 2 tell me, tell me um, about we've them. Got, we've got, we're starting out with hot because hot. hot is focused around our people. That's what drives connection, right? It's making sure that we have the health of the TIDC, making sure our people are taken care of, making sure they're engaged, making sure we have the right protocols in place, training, effectiveness, whatever it may be. And then we're looking at E2E, end-to-end transformation. If you listen to Mr. McGrath's um, um, State of the uh, Union address that he did a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, you know, one of the things that he said was getting back to operational excellence, right? We have to look at that. E1, our new MRP um, system or ERP system is really allowing us now as it stabilizes to do what it does best, optimizing our systems, our infrastructure, being able to provide more traceability, more reporting, more stable systems, enhancements that we're already building into the TIDC uh, around serialization, around data capturing, uh, around what Mark sued into around automation. We're already doing PPP pre-pick post automation in the warehouse to be more effective at that containerization kitting process in the warehouse. And then finally, we're doing COE, our center of excellence. And that's geared around services and solutions collaboration with LCS, with TSG. How do we better align ourselves with that 
part of the business, the on-prem part, the life cycle services part? How do we embed TIDC into that model where we provide a holistic view for our customers that we can provide an optimal solution, right? So we're really shifting again. I, I bring this, I come back to this as I talk about going from pick, pack, and ship to really we want to be known as a solution provider. We're, we're not looking to be the profit center. That's not our DNA right now. We're not poised for that. But we need to be structured around focusing on how do we develop solutions for our customers that are optimal, that provide them value-added service, right? Provide them the right. most optimal go-to-market strategy and, and, and do that state-of-the-art. How, how do we provide our customers more robust deliveries? How do we do better at final mile, that last approach to the customer? How do we become more customer engaged in our front end of our business? You know, we're, we're, Mark's already starting to look at revamping our customer service front end of our business. You know, we're going to look at more call center, contact center, customer facing. We're going to morph that into a, a single entity that's going to be more customer facing, more friendly, more e user friendly, and the ability to react quicker to our customers' demands and what we see. Today. Steve, how excited are you for I the future of your business? I get, I get giddy. I, I, mean, I love it. I, love. <laughs> I mean, this is great. <laughs> it, it's so exciting. And, and listen, yeah, because you, you could have a brand new Ferrari out in your driveway. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about the TIDC. Let me tell you about the TIDC. <laughs> <laughs> no, a, and, and, and listen, it's, it starts with the people we have on this team. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, we're so blessed. I'm so blessed. Um, and, and then I, I've got to get a shout out to Brian Hicks and, and Tim McGrath. They've really supported the TIDC on this revolution of trying to become a leader in the solutioning for our customer base. I mean, it's been really a good thing to see investment back into the business investment in infrastructure investment in equipment and investment in our people right you, you can't ask for more i want to say because a lot of the the listeners here i mean a lot of them already know what the connection is but there's a, a whole section of listeners that don't know everything that we do and if you look at it in the you know 350,000 SKUs that we support and we have you know over 1600 partners but we always do in our marketing is we put in that quote unquote connection different and we always say, you know, the number one thing for the connection difference is, is our people. And I know that's yes. kind of cliche, but if you really look at all the different departments and stuff that we have within connection, you you hit on a, a bunch of them from, uh, you know, the uh, TFG, our BDM group, our AMs, uh, yes. all the way down to the partner level and to the, the yes. CIBC. Everything that we wrap around is all solution based. And I got to tell you, TIDC is a huge part of those conversations when we start talking about the connection difference and all those services that you just mentioned, it is really imperative that our customers understand that we do that and how important a role that you guys play. So it is, uh, I, I always love when I, I hear these things, I always love to hear about the new stuff that's coming out and I love to be able to share that out with the audience. And I just, I hope that, you know, our AMs and our listeners will take the, this podcast and we'll share it out and say, hey, people need to know about these things that we're doing here because it really right. is different. It's cool. no, it's good. So and well, so one, one thing, oh, sorry, go ahead, Mark. No, just one thing real quick that, that Steve hit on. Um, the one thing the pandemic has provided for us is, you know, it's changed a little bit how the industry is moving. You know, we all, you know, work from home, right? Even when the vaccine comes out, a lot of companies are looking at, you know what? It worked well to keep our people at home. So when we look at those type of items and we look at how medicine's being delivered today, right? You know, a lot more telemedicine, correct? Mm -hmm. All those type of things. That's where the complexity, that's where what we call a location in a box. Location in a box could be 
a clinic in a box. It could be a health professional at home in a box. It could right. be a remote home user in a box. That's kind of the complexity and it's kind of the, the, the solutions that we can provide our customers to make their lives easier and to fit into this new norm. Right. Right. And then when Steve was talking about depot, the one thing that we've started doing in the depot as well is people want us to send the stuff back, but they want to disinfect it. Right. So one of the things that came out of COVID are the UV light disinfectors. Right. Right. Yep. So yep. we have those and you can scan over those for 30 seconds and that kills 99.9% .9 of the germs. And that's what customers are looking for. Instead of just using a Clorox wipe that you can't use on a lot of things, how yes. can you disinfect these things? So, those, you know, there's a lot of things that came out of this and it's really helped us take another step forward in providing those solutions for our customers. One of the, one of the things that keeps, and Steve, you had said it, like you said the last mile, and I really think that's where, you know, from a, an integration and distribution perspective, I think that is a pre-COVID term because you everything you have said is taking what used to be the last mile and should be at the front of the conversation. How quickly do you need it? Can we automate this? Can we send you every, uh, do a location in a box? How do you need to get right. it? When do you need to get it? And what does yep. it need to do when you open it up? No longer is integration and distribution and configuration the last mile. It You're is exactly right. an integral part of the early conversation <laughs> with a customer because it, you don't want to be really having, is. a customer doesn't want to find out in the last mile that they could have actually gotten it way sooner way more automated and delivered to them so they could just open a box and use it. Exactly. No, you're exactly right. And it's a no, great point. I think that that, that is um, one thing that I have, I use the, the term lightly that I've loved about the sort of the pandemic experience of 2020 is that it has anything that we thought about our business or our customers business or the world in general and how we operate, it's been turned on its head and it, it's opened up the floodgates for us to innovate and be creative and automate. And I think that that's really what's exciting and is going to be really part of our next industrial revolution. Top that as a close, guys. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Awesome. <laughs> anything before we wrap today, anything that you missed, you know, if you had to sort of give your pitch for the TIDC of why that should really be the first mile and the part of the first conversation um, that our customers are having with their account managers, what would your pitch be? I was going to say, Mr. Exciting Steve can take that. So. <laughs> right, right. No, no, I think, I, you know, I, I think, I, I think it would be, here. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try to, no, seriously, I, I think it would be providing an agile um, approach to um, um, meeting our customers' expectations, right? I think it's important, you know, I don't know if you guys are aware too, you know, um, that we've been built on our own PMO team. Yep. We've been, we've, we've got a, a new PM, senior PMO manager who's leading our PMO um, that works up to reports to Mark. We've got four PMs certified now on site. Um, they are really trying to build that customer engagement, right? Trying to build that understanding our customers' requirements, right? I, I think it's, you know, if anything out of this pandemic has given us the ability is to know that we can't become complacent anymore, right? right? We, we've got to, Penny, you mentioned it, we've got to continue to innovate, but we've got to start listening to what our customers want. We've got to start looking at trends. 
predictable analytics. We got to start looking at our customer attributes. What are they telling us? And how, and Rob, this goes back to me and yours first conversation that I was onboarded. Remember, we were trying to look at how do we get customer attributes? How do we start predicting what our customers need and what they want before they come to us? We want to be the leaders in providing our customers the optimal solution to be value add to them, to provide them the value prop that will make them and their end users the most satisfied. Steve comes to me and says, I, I need to see the market trends. I'm planning out my next five years. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember those conversations. Five years in IT? You came from the automotive industry. You can't do five years in IT. <laughs> uh, I, no, I, I love it. Mark, anything to add? No, I just, you know, we're here to provide the solutions and to ease pain points for our customers, right? And, and that's really what we're focusing on. And with Steve's leadership and um, with the help from Brian Hicks, you know, being able to create, I'm glad Steve said the PMO because yeah. I am really excited about the PMO, <laughs> Rob, because um, that gives us another level to help us with inside the four walls of the TIDC to really help manage that customer relationship and that customer experience. And that's what we're about, customer experience and providing those solutions to our customers. And that's where that's our driving force. And that's what we're looking for as we plan out, like Steve said, those five-year plans. You know, how do we get there? Always looking ahead. Don't look in the past. Look ahead of how we're going to get there. Right. And, and and Penny and Rob, special thanks to you too. I, yeah. I follow you so closely on LinkedIn. I was just sharing with Penny. Um, you guys provide us a voice. You provide us an avenue. And we really respect and appreciate that. So thank you too. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate that. We wouldn't be here without you. I always love these love fests at the end of, of an <laughs> end of an episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thank you so much, uh, Mark and Steve, for coming back and chatting with us. I I think we're going to make this a regular thing moving forward. It'd be Perfect. really interesting. Yeah, um, that means, that means you have to come back, Penny. Yeah. Oh no, I'll come back. <laughs> I would never, I would never miss an, an opportunity to chat with you guys, but I'd love to hear after the holiday season. Um, and once the, the vaccine plans and distribution starts to go into effect, I'd love to sort of have a reaction episode to see how it's impacting your business and how you're sort of navigating the next step, because this is really an ever-changing situation that we, you guys have done an awesome job of predicting and being agile and being able to accommodate whatever hits you. And I'd love to just continue that conversation. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you. Thank you. And, thank and you. to you and your families from the TIDC, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Ah, uh, same. And I, I am going to do my Christmas shopping now. And I, it sounds like I need to <laughs> Get it in. and see if we yeah. can get it out. Yeah, you got to get it. I have to pay $100 to ship that $10 product to get uh, that. Uh, listen, yeah. listen <laughs> if you need it, <laughs> not. for you and Penny, if you need any lift on the UPS network, I will support you. <laughs> I'll take you up on that. And for all of all of you out there listening on whatever platform you are listening to us on, please be sure to like, share, and follow us so you can get episodes as they are released. If you have a comment or a question about today's episode, episode, you can leave a comment or email us at podcast at connection.com. You can also find us at www.connection.com and learn all about our TIDC capabilities, current and future that you heard today. Once again, Mark, Steve, Rob, thanks so much. Always love chatting with you guys and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.